some of the issues with traditional environmental justice approaches is that one blanket policy or solution tries to be applied to all contexts and that doesn't help identify and target specific hazards within a community. Welcome to EcoAlarm, the podcast where we break down the major factors affecting the environment and explore what we can do to help. I'm your host, Imani. And I'm your host, Bo. And today we'll be talking to Jessica, a student at USC studying public policy. Outside her classes, Jessica is a researcher at EH Matters, a two-year community-engaged environmental health research program. Jessica is here with us today to talk about her background and academic journey. Thanks, Jessica, for being here with us today. Um, I guess to start off, it would be great if you could briefly introduce yourself, um, including any background that you feel like is relevant for our talk today. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Jessica Santos. I'm from Dallas, Texas, and I'm currently a senior at USC studying chemical engineering. And I'm also pursuing an accelerated master of public health degree as well. Awesome. So what kind of got you started with the two degrees that you're pursuing now? I came to USC to initially study petroleum engineering. Growing up in Texas, I always was surrounded by big oil and its culture. And I wanted to leave that and come to California and pursue a different side of the petroleum industry. But when I got here, I noticed very quickly that the impacts of oil drilling were much more apparent than than were in my hometown of Dallas. So it caused me to switch my focus from the engineering side of the petrochemical industry to more of a public health perspective that included considerations of environmental health relating to the petrochemical industry. Yeah, so I know you're here today to kind of dive into more of that environmental health perspective. So just for our audience's understanding, could you walk us through what EH Matters is and how did you become involved with the organization? Sure. So EH Matters is a two-year internship program that's offered through the USC Environmental Health Centers. And I'm currently in my second year of the internship program. And the work really focuses on environmental health and the projects range from environmental justice, which is what I'm focused on, to the impacts of air pollution and brain health, to um, many other facets of environmental health. But I first got involved when I was suggested to apply by my um, master's of public health advisor. She knew that my interests were in environmental health and this was a new program that had just come out. So she encouraged me to apply and uh, the rest is history. Awesome. So just going a little deeper into environmental health, environmental justice, um, I think it would be great if you could share a little more in details uh, what kind of research you're currently working on. Sure. So my research at the moment through the EH Matters program is focused on community education and popular learning modules to help develop a community emissions reduction plan through this environmental justice bill passed in the state of California known as AB 617. So my research focuses on educating community members on the basic principles of air pollution so we can 
equip, equip them with the knowledge and the resources that they need to advocate for air pollution and air pollution improvement in their communities. And the community that I work with in particular is one in South Los Angeles. Gotcha. And could you go into a little bit more detail about the AB 617? Sure. So the AB 617 is a bill passed in the state of California that was targeting community, environmental justice communities to improve air quality. And what happens is that community, a certain community is selected by the program and they're then given resources to develop a community air pollution reduction plan. And the purpose of the bill is to improve air quality in specific neighborhoods by targeting the some of the biggest local um, sources of air pollution. So what this bill really tried to do was to mobilize resources in smaller contexts to avoid putting a blanket solution over environmental justice. This bill really wanted to focus on specific communities to identify what their biggest needs were and address them as directly as possible. Many people don't know, but the origins of Los Angeles as a booming town actually uh, wasn't due to Hollywood. It was because of oil that was discovered here. And LA has always had a history of neighborhood drilling, and it was known as the Wild West of oil extraction. And even now in 2022, over half a million Angelinos currently live less than a quarter mile from an active oil well. So it's a big problem that affects people all over the all over Los Angeles County. And it's an issue that um, many people don't um, consider just because these oil drilling operations a lot of the times are shrouded behind well manicured bushes or they're covered in these towers that obscure the operations that are actually going on and um, they hide some of the health impacts that that has on children and if you go to the Stand LA website that I put in the resources that stands for Standing Together Against Neighborhood Drilling. There's a fascinating history on the history of oil drilling in Los Angeles, as well as some of its current impacts. And you'll see some of the most prominent drill sites that are placed near, that are right in the center of communities, some near high schools and just in places that they don't belong. So it's definitely worth looking into, especially for people near USC. There is actually one more oil drilling site that's near USC. And there was another one known as the Jefferson drill site that was shut down a couple of years ago as well. But this is an issue that affects many people in Los Angeles County. Yeah, and I've even heard like with the shutdown ones, I think I went to some event that was talking about how even when those are shut down, they still are leaking and causing their own issues. Yes, absolutely. That's actually part of what the public hearing is about in February is about the Murphy drill site, which has been shut down, but is still leaking some chemicals that are hazardous to community members in the area. Yeah, definitely. I think, I forgot what, I forgot what the event was called. It was something to do with our arts and climate collective thing, but they had a couple of people come in from I think, I don't know if it was stand up. I think it was people over pesos that came and they were talking about that drill thing, but. Um, was that the Visions and Voices event? 
Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, my oh, research mentor. Yes, my research mentor from the EH Matters program was actually one of the panelists for that event. Oh, right. I remember there was a lady that came in talking about research. Oh my gosh, that's so, that's great. Yeah, I was there. I really loved that event. That was great. And I tried to um, reach out to a couple of folks there to come on too, but I'm glad it worked out in this way because we got, we ended up getting the people. Cause I saw, cause you were saying the statistics and I was like, I have a sheet of paper that like has those <laughs> statistics that I got from that event, but okay, I'm glad I put the pieces together. Yeah, that was a really insightful event. Um, my favorite thing about environmental justice is that you can keep learning always because people have different lived experiences relating to the impacts of environmental pollution on their health, um, especially from different perspectives as like community member living in the area to someone that's just researching it or someone that helps organize. There are always new perspectives to learn about. Sure, that's incredibly true. And yeah, I think that was the biggest like takeaway I got from that event too, because not only did we have that side of things, but we also had all these people with all these creative projects with like the dance and, this, and the movie making. I was like, there's so many ways to attack this. So yeah, I thought that event was super inspiring. And it's another one of those things that like, you don't really hear too much about unless you're like in it. So I'm hoping to get more involved and like, be able to hear about these events more often because I feel like they're so hidden um, from the general like. And I guess since your research seems to focus a lot with the community aspect of things, could you, I guess, walk me through some of the things you've learned by working so closely with communities in this way? Sure. So I'd say the biggest thing that I've learned from working with communities directly is that the most impactful way to make a sustainable and effective solution is to consult with the community members and really understand what their needs are. I've heard from many community organizers and community members alike that some of the issues with traditional environmental justice approaches is that one blanket policy or solution tries to be applied to all contexts and that uh, that doesn't help identify and target specific hazards within a community. So what I've really learned is the importance of reaching out to your community members and listening to their concerns so that you can build together a solution that helps improve their quality of life while taking into account their concerns. Okay. No, that's, I, I found that really interesting. I just uh, wondering how that looks um, on your research specifically. Do you have to go door to door or is there more more so like a formal, like um, what do you call this, like the local government um, organizes some sort of um, voting process? All right, um, so in my research, the main method that we communicate with community members is through these forums known as community steering committee meetings. And what we do is we consult with members of the community from South Los Angeles, as well as members of the Air Quality Management District from Southern California. And together we host forums that are more communicative between the policymakers, which are the people at AQMD and the community members. And we ask community members during the meeting to, about their biggest concerns. 
we have them list out what some of their concerns are in their local neighborhoods, say on their block, as well as in their broader community. And through this method, we're able to collect firsthand what individual community members are noticing. And a lot of the times we see that community members are noticing the same thing and they have similar concerns that they voice. And have there been any, and if you don't have an answer to this, that's fine, but um, have there been any like interesting or I guess different concerns than what you would normally consider, I guess, because I know you mentioned before that sometimes the solutions, like one blanket solution wouldn't work for each like different district, but do they have any like more specific concerns that you would not have considered otherwise? Well, one finding from my research that I found really interesting was the impact of auto body shops on neighborhood pollution. That was not something I had ever considered before as a source of pollution, but through consulting with community members and some data from the AQMD, we found that there are uh, considerable impacts coming from auto body shops, especially in lower income neighborhoods throughout South Los Angeles. So that's um, one impact that I wasn't expecting. Uh, so you mentioned um, the pollution from uh, auto body shops in lower income communities. I thought I, I started thinking about it and would that be considered an environmental justice system? since it's just a, more of a business decision by independent companies rather than a government policy to place these shops in certain uh, locations. I just thought that would be, a, that'd be an interesting point to mention. Sure, so there are actually some other sources of pollution that allow South Los Angeles to be designated as an environmental justice community, such as the impact of some of the major freeways that go through South Los Angeles, but I found auto body shops to be the most interesting um, discovery that I didn't expect. Um, but nonetheless, there are competing sources of pollution that um, increase the impact of health effects that these community members are seeing. So it's not just auto body shops alone. Got it. Uh, and what kind of pollutions are they putting out these body shops? So some of the biggest pollutants that we see coming from these auto body shops are known as volatile organic compounds, also known as VOCs. And a lot of these compounds are found in the solvents and paints that are used in auto body and um, automobile repair uh, businesses. So those can have direct occupational hazards to the workers in the auto body shop, but they can also increase the air pollution in a specific neighborhood or block since they uh, since these solvents do turn into gases and they then mix with all of the other air that is shared by these communities. Got it. Thanks. Yeah. And I guess to kind of go off of that. So you're doing all of this research on how these effects happen. Is there, or I guess, I'm not sure how far into the research and everything, but since the community members are coming up with these action plans, do you have any insight into what some potential solutions can be for this? Uh, that part of the research has not yet concluded what some of the main takeaways that we're seeing from the study at the moment are related more directly to the methodology and implementation of community research and action. Gotcha. 
yeah, like understanding how to effectively implement uh, these sorts of solutions. So what are some, some of the biggest obstacles facing LA community um, in terms of environmental health? So one of the most recent obstacles that Los Angeles communities are facing are increases in pollution from the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. Many of us may have heard on the news that there have been large delays in the port due to supply chain issues. And there have been many big container ships stalled off of the ports, um, just waiting for a space to come in. And this stalling over the ocean and as well as increased traffic from higher um, order rates coming in through the ports is resulting in a, an increase in contamination around these ports. And this is causing many neighborhoods to be shrouded in smog and contamination that did not exist a couple of years ago in the same magnitude that it does now. So this is one of the most recent issues that I'm excited to keep a tab on and see how it develops. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting how you frame it that way, because mostly when you hear about all the supply chain issues, I feel like most people are talking about it from like an economic stance or, you know, people not getting their things in time. But I hadn't even really considered the environmental and environmental health impacts of that. So thank you for bringing that to our awareness. Yes, another big issue that's always been tied to the ports is the 710 Harbor Freeway that runs from the ports all the way up through Los Angeles. And that, um, that highway runs through many communities in South Los Angeles County and these communities are not only affected by the increased truck traffic and pollution, but also they're impacted by noise pollution. And that affects communities members' abilities to enjoy air outside as well as get quality rest and quiet time when they need. So it's important to be mindful of this when, when ordering things, especially items from overseas, um, because about 40% of all goods imported into the United States come in through those two harbors. So a lot of traffic is moving through and that has impacts that are widespread throughout LA County, even if the goods aren't destinated for that area. Okay, yeah. And I'm sure like, I'd love to talk to some of those like community justice groups too that you gave us some access to and I'll share those resources with our audience. So be a nice part one and two, kind of getting the research side and then hearing from the community on how they plan to implement those things. Um, so I guess to kind of transition here, I know you mentioned you're working towards the masters and you also work with the USC Institute on inequalities and global health. So how have both those like academic contexts and then kind of the more real world Institute experience helped your understanding of these environmental issues? So my master's of public health degree has done a fantastic job of providing me frameworks to identify solutions in public health frameworks and be able to facilitate solutions. That's been my um, biggest takeaway from that. And my work through the USC Institute on Inequalities and Global Health has allowed me to see how the concepts that I learn in my classes and the experience that I have from my research as well as some other volunteer experience I have 
translates to broader global issues. Because um, what I've noticed through some of the seminars offered at the Institute is that the world shares many problems. There are many common issues of global health justice that need to be addressed and they exist in smaller contexts around the world, but they also exist within Los Angeles as well. So it's been really in the short term, I'm going to be using the knowledge that I've gained from my master of public health classes, as well as experience from my internship and other extracurricular involvements to raise awareness ahead of a public hearing that's going to occur in February regarding the operating conditions for an oil well that's near USC. It's known as the Murphy drill site. And there's going to be a um, public hearing that I'm going to help raise awareness for. I'm going to be going door to door and doing some canvassing in the next month. So I'm very excited to do that. But moving forward, I would I plan on applying to law school this fall and I'd like to pursue a joint master of public policy degree. So I'm able to form public policy that has environmental justice prioritized. And I'm very excited to finally be able to combine my multidisciplinary background in engineering and public health to be able to develop uh, protective policies for these communities, not only in Los Angeles, but around the United States as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And like, just to hear that you had such a unique path to that is super inspiring. And I just want our audience to know that like, you know, whatever path you're going down, it could seem very linear. I know you started with wanting to do things in kind of the fracking industry, but um, I think having all those unique experiences will really make your goals, wherever that may be, you know, even that might change, but just creates a much more like enriching experience. So I'm really happy for you to like have found all of that, so. Thank you. So for anyone that's interested in getting started in grassroots organizing and environmental health, especially if you're in the Los Angeles area, I highly recommend that you find your local neighborhood council and I'll put the link to this in the resources as well, but the, uh, the city of Los Angeles has a very unique government structure that facilitates community engagement with local government. So if you're interested, that is a great way to start. There's a, a bi-monthly meeting that occurs near USC for the neighborhood council in our area. So if you're a student, that's a great way to start. But even if you live in a different part of Los Angeles, I recommend that you check that out and start going to your neighborhood council meetings and get involved with your local community. Um, otherwise, I recommend that you reach out to some of the organizations that I've listed in the resource section and ask if there are any opportunities for volunteerism. A lot of these organizations need as many people on the ground as possible to spread awareness about environmental health and engage with community members more directly to spread the word about the impacts of uh, different sources of contamination on community health. And I also recommend going to seminars. The USC Institute on Inequalities and Global Health, as well as the USC Environmental Health Centers, regularly um, host different seminars on environmental health, as well as justice relating to health. So that's a great place to learn more and get connected into a network of 
great professionals and students that are working towards some of these similar goals. But if your listeners have any particular interest in like general environmental justice around Los Angeles County or any more specific issues such as pollution by the ports or like oil drilling, I'm happy to provide more resources on that. Okay, well, thank you so much for all of those resources. We'll definitely be condensing those into a resource post over on our Instagram. We'll put links to everything with that. Yeah, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Okay, that'll wrap up our episode for today. For more information on EcoAlarm and resources on topics covered in this episode, follow us at EcoAlarm Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. Tune in every other Friday, and we'll see you next time. Bye.